we got uh, the 4th of July coming up here. So we want to, uh, ahead of time, uh, wish everybody a happy 4th tomorrow. Um, you know, Independence Day and all that good stuff. But it, it doesn't matter, you know, what the holiday is, whether it's Memorial, 4th of July, uh, Labor Day. It doesn't matter. Anytime there's a national holiday, especially the old national holidays, not this new shit that we're coming up with where, you know, we get a national holiday if it rains hard for a month, right? It always, you know, it, it always uh, gives me a sense of, of remembering how, how grateful I am for this country and how excited I was at seven when I came and I used to ask my... Uh, my parents in Cuba, you know, any anytime I wanted something in Cuba that I didn't have a little toy, a piece of gum, a ham and cheese sandwich, anything, I would ask because I already knew we were going to the United States. You got to understand that for a five-year-old, a six-year-old, United States is no different than Disney World, than Disney World. So, of course, you know, like a little kid, what, what, do they have ham? Oh, they got tons of ham. Do they have this little army man? Do they have army men that I can buy? Oh, they have everything. The United States had everything. And you know what? What they didn't tell me was about the candy bars. Holy shit. When I tapped into um, Butterfingers, Babe Ruth, Snickers, and uh, Reese's, and on and on and on. Oh, my God. At seven, I thought, there's no better place. This is heaven. So, anyways, happy fourth to everybody. Grateful for this country. It's not in the best shape right now, but all together, we can, we can change our ways a little bit and impact others to bring them down the, the, uh, the line of principles. Not opinions, not, not feelings, screw that shit. Facts and principles. What's a principle? A natural law where if you violate it, you get into trouble. It's a natural law. It's a natural law. Okay, I plant a seed today, I got to plant it early enough, and I got to plant it in good soil and with enough water where I can go harvest it a month from now, two months from now. I cannot wait till the last minute and go, oh shit, I forgot, and then plant the seed and, and have the magic soil with the magic water and get a crop in 24 hours. It's the, the, the law of the harvest. It's one of the most natural principles, okay, that even Stephen Covey talked about, okay, so... Anyways, just a little something. Principles. If we all stick to principles, do what you say you're going to do. Do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Not because you're being watched. Not because you're going to get in trouble. No. Do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And do what you say you're going to do. If you live, if you live by those two, you know, action uh, action points, you're going to be okay. All right. Uh, here we go um, from the Anibal. Okay. Do you skip any training phases when working with general populations? Look, when working with general population, if you're looking, if you're working with a person that comes in twice a week, let's say, and they just want to do a little fitness because they walk the other days, they play golf or they play tennis, and they're pretty active, okay? Look, even active, if you're going to the mall and window shopping, like my beautiful wife, she says, I'm going to go do cardio. Well, honey, what, what's going on? What are you doing today? I'm doing cardio. You know what that means? I'm going window shopping and she'll go to the mall and she will sometimes not buy anything or buy one little item and she'll walk for three hours, whether she's walking steady or stops, looks at things and keep, she's on her feet for three hours. If you're doing that one or two days and if you're playing golf, more walking or playing a little bit of tennis and you're in the gym twice, you don't have to periodize. There's no phases. 
It's eight to 10 reps, three to four sets per exercise, and you're rolling because you're using the gym as um, physical physical fitness class was used in, in school, just to keep you, just to keep you strong, just to keep you functional, just to keep you above where your function is so you don't have injuries. This is your injury reserve. So that's that's what we have to look at. When you're training the general public, okay, make sure it's effective, make sure that over a two week period you're covering the whole body all right i like total body for general populations why because if you're coming in three days a week and you miss one because of work because you're sick because whatever at least you got two days full body if you're doing legs chest back you miss one day then you're screwed that that body part got screwed up so i like total body hybrid triplexes four sets of triplexes times 10 we're rolling. If you don't know what that is, get certified, and we will teach you all of that from the first certification, which is the instructor. Okay? Aníbal, we'll see you, Papa. Uh, do you undulate periodization often? Uh, I, we undulate. Undulating means that on Monday, you, you may work strength. On Wednesday, you may work met metabolic, and on Friday, you may work power. When does undulating work for us? Undulating works for us, for example... We got a fighter that's getting ready six weeks, five weeks. We didn't have a full camp, okay? So I got to bring him up on all issues. I got to get his strength up. I got to get his metabolic up, and I got to get his power up. I don't have time for, if I have three weeks of strength and three weeks of power, there goes the six weeks. If I have two weeks of strength, two weeks of power, that leaves me two strength to get him in shape in the metabolics, not enough time. So you're screwed. If I go one week of strength, one week of power, that leaves me four for power endurance. But what did I do for one week of strength? I didn't do anything. So in that situation, you're better off undulating for six weeks, undulating for seven weeks, because then you get enough strength to impact it, enough power to impact it, and enough metabolic power to impact it. So I love undulating, all right, um, during when I have kind of a medium amount of time to do a lot of work, all right? But I don't have enough time to do the separate phases. I'll undulate then. Uh, undulating uh, the general population wouldn't be a bad idea. So you work on power, but this person now has to be trained. It's you, it's not good for a person who's just starting off. But if you've got a client that you've been with for a year or two, and you want to get them into a little bit of different mode, then you can have one day of power, one day of strength, and one day of bodybuilding, let's say. Boom. Perfect. One day of strength, one day of metabolic endurance, uh, one day of power. Boom. That's another great combination. So you can definitely undulate your general population, but they have to have a training base. All right. Um, what is the difference between, this is Anibal again, what is the difference between special strength and specific strength? Very good question. In the three stages of development, we have general strength. General strength is like your normal big macro moves, your squats, your bench, your lap pull down. That is what we kind of call the strength phase or bodybuilding phase because you're, do, you're using strength exercises and bodybuilding exercises. That is your general. Your special is that bridge that we really call now functional training, which is not it, it's it's not that the, the specific is the stuff that really, really, really looks like the final thing. Okay. So Let's let's take um, let's take a, a punch, okay. So first, uh, general, okay, would be a bench press, let's say, or alternating press or one arm uh, dumbbell, general, okay. Then your special would be your band press, your cable press, that kind of stuff. Then your specific would be your medicine ball throw. 
So that could be, okay, that could be a progression over three weeks of, uh, of general, three weeks of special, three weeks of specific. That's kind of how you look at it. So special is between macro movements and the thing, the punch, the bat, the bat swing, that kind of stuff. And the special is the stuff in between. There is no category line where you go, okay, okay, so you went from a machine to a band. So the machine has to be um, general and the band has to be special. No, no, because I could make a, a very explosive movement with a band that kind of makes it more like specific. The band could be tied to here. So I could throw combinations and make it very specific. The, the machine could be a one-arm standing kind of a, a funky variation that you that you did where it's kind of like more like special than it is general. So there's no line, okay? It's all boom. You can also go from general to special to specific inside of one, one category. So let's take, let's take um, special, okay? Which is kind of like the functional training. Okay, I can, I can go push-up. Two hands on ball push-up as my general, okay? I can go one-arm push-off, okay? One-arm push-off as my special, okay? And then I can do my one-arm push-off with explosion off as my specific. Why? Because one is less, one is further away from the activity, one is closest to the activity, wherever that is, and one is in the middle, Okay? So I gave you the whole dissertation on general, special, specific. Don't get too lost into that because, as I mentioned, I can go general, special, and specific inside of a specific, inside of a special, and inside of a general context. So don't get lost in that. That was good for nomenclature to write books and all that shit. But when it comes to, to training, mm -mm. put the righteous exercise, give me a good progression, okay, uh, depending on the person. A person may not be ready for a special exercise yet. You know, so you get them, you got to get them with the generals first. So make sure that the exercise fits the person. Make sure that you have a good plan of progression of least like the activity in the middle and then most likely like the activity towards the end of uh, the, the peak phase. If you do that, you're going to be fine. Don't over, don't overthink it. The key thing is coaching. Coaching, you got to sell that athlete, you got to sell that mom, you got to sell that uh, CEO that the exercises that you're doing are going to be very, very, very effective in reducing back pain and being able to pick up that kid and swinging a golf uh, club better. You got to sell them on it. You got to inspire them and motivate them. Okay, you got to create that placebo effect like, oh, you know, like when they leave the gym, they got to go, man, I really feel this exercise is gonna make me better I because I can feel the activity inside the exercise. And then when I do the activity, I feel the same muscles working as the exercise. Wow, I'm really excited. That's what the training is for. Forget about all this periodization and all this bullshit. All right, uh, okay, then the last one. Uh, do you stay within the power endurance phase all season long with soccer players? No, no, no. Uh, well, let me let me rephrase, no. Depending on where I have them, am I, the, am I the coach for the team or am I an independent coach for the player? If I'm an independent coach for the player, do I live, is he doing my program or is he doing the team program? So all that impacts. But 
if he's a, a player that's playing, okay, if he's playing, then he's getting a lot of metabolic stuff. Then I keep him in power. Two days a week, 20, 30 minutes each day, two to three sets, squats to jumps, medicine, uh, chest press to medicine ball throws, and lat pull downs to uh, swims or to overhead slams. Those are my basics. And I run two or three sets twice a week, we're done. It's a wrap because all the other stuff, the practice and the game are giving him plenty of metabolic. You don't have to do metabolic legs or nothing like that. You want to throw in a metabolic leg here and there two a week just to keep him? Fine. But no more because he's getting all the metabolic from the season, from, from the actual play. If he's a player that's not playing, then you can throw him in some metabolics because he's not getting it from the team. He's not getting it from the play. So you can supplement that. You'd still do your two, two days of power. One day of power, if you can't get two, that's fine. That'll hold it. One day of power, three to four sets, that'll hold. That'll hold till next week. Um, so if they're not playing, if you, hockey player, soccer player, basketball, if they're not playing, then you can blast them with some circuits to mimic, you know, some scrambles uh, within the sport that they're playing. All right? Beautiful. Beautiful. We're moving right along here, right along. Let me see where we're at. We're at 15 minutes. Okay. Oh, where else? Where else? So we got. Okay. I got another question here from David. David, um, flexibility. Why do you why do you say that flexibility is strength and strength is flexibility? Easy. Here you go. Everybody wants to do, everybody equates flexibility with some posture that you can get into, some range of motion that you can express in a stretch. Okay, the only flexibility that I, number one, flexibility, basic, flexibility is the range of motion around a joint, correct? That's it, no more. The range of motion about a joint, okay. If the normal is uh, 50 or if the normal is 135, I don't give a shit, I don't care. I don't care. Why do I not care? Because I care about the range of motion that you need for your activity, whether it's to pick up a kid or throw on a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. I don't care. There's a certain flexibility that's associated with that, and that's what you need. That's the only flexibility I care about, which is functional flexibility. Okay, when I train, okay, number one, if you don't have the strength to control this range of motion and you only have the strength to control that range of motion, then you play or you act with this range of motion. When people see you act that way, move that way, perform that way, they go, aha, look, he doesn't have enough range of motion. And oftentimes, if you reduce range of motion at the hips, the shoulders can pay for it. If you reduce range of motion at the shoulders, the elbows can pay for it. If you reduce uh, range of motion at the elbows, the wrist can pay for it because it's always somebody's pain. Because you got to get the you got to get the bat from here to here. You got to get the club head from here to here. You got to get your hand from here to here. So there's range of motion that needs to be covered. Now, if a joint, because it cannot control 90 degrees, gives you 70 degrees, the other 20 degrees are going to have to come from below or above that joint. And if if that causes a problem, then you have a problem because the joint didn't control 90. Okay, what's the what's the solution? Stretch you to 90? No, because I can stretch you to 90 and not give you the strength to control from 70 to 90, and you will still not get 90. You'll get 70, okay? 
So now what do I need to do? I need to give you the strength between 70 degrees and 90 degrees. When I give you the strength between 70 and 90, now you can use all 90, and a lot of times the injury above or below, that joint site goes away. Why? Because the joint above or below, that joint that was compromised because it could not control the functional range of motion, okay, uh, that joint was being overloaded. And now since the joint in question can carry all full 90 degrees, can control all 90 degrees, the joint that was injured above or below is now going for a cruise. It feels great. It's not overstressed. And the things go away. So what's the solution? Stretch you out to 90 or work you with exercises that make you, okay, be strong from zero to 90. So you can work that 70 to 90 range that you're lacking. Okay? No, I need to make you strong. So I need strength exercises. Doesn't matter what you want to call them. Functional, special, specific. I don't give a shit. I need exercises that work that zero to 90. Why? Because the function requires 90. And right now you're functioning inflexible, which means you're functioning with less range of motion than you need. So if the solution is make you strong zero to 90, all right? So you don't operate at 70, so you don't have all these imbalances and compensations, all right? Then the strength training that I do from zero to 90 is the flexibility that I need. And if you can function there zero to 90 and your uh, performance and your activity requires zero to 90, strength is flexibility and flexibility is strength. And the way we deal with creating more flexible people is train them in the ranges of motion that they need. When you train them in the ranges of motion that they need, they act and they function more flexible. So flexibility is strength. Strength is flexibility. And if you do the right strength exercises, you will gain functional flexibility and not need to statically stretch. If you want to statically stretch, if it makes you feel better and all that shit, great, do it. If your function does not let you get to a certain range of motion, for example, after surgery, after trauma, okay, if standing or if in, in the, this real life gravity, your body weight, all that is too much for you to handle in certain ranges of motion and the only way that I can get there is take you manually, then the manual, the manual stretching becomes your initial strength training. Why? Because I am pushing against resistance, correct? So therefore, technically, it is resistant training, all right? Except I can push with my hand less than your body weighs, less than gravity will pull on the structure. So say, for example, that you blew your hamstring, blew it. I mean, it's black and blue back there. I would love for you to be able to do an anterior reach to stretch out the hamstring, an anterior reach on a single leg or staggered stance but it is so blown out and it hurts so much and you weigh 180, 200 pounds where your hamstring cannot take your body weight leaning forward with gravity. So what happens? I lay you down and with my hand, I will get you into hip flexion and lengthen the hamstring with less weight than you would experience standing, freestanding with body weight. In that application, Static stretching becomes a strength modality 
with less than physiological loads when you consider your weight and gravity. In that situation, I like static stretching, but understand what static stretching is. If I get to a resistance, and especially if I'm doing PNF, because what happens? I get you to a point where you're kind of tight, and what do I say? Contract. That's isometric training. So don't tell me about PNF. That's strength training. At what level? At what level you can. Boom. And then you relax, and I push a little bit more, and then I come to more resistance, resistance training. And then I go, push. That's isometric training at a new range of motion. That is why PNF is the most effective, effective uh, stretching that there is. Why? Because it has a strength component. It's the isometric contraction at the new range. Hello. And we thought it was to fake the baroreceptors, the mechanoreceptors, the spindles and, and, uh, and Golgi tendons. We thought it was that neurological shit. Well, it may be that as well, but there is a strength component, which is the isometric contraction that you, that you partake in for three to five seconds at the new range of motion. So not only am I getting new range of motion, you're expressing strength at the new range of motion. It's there. It's there. You can't deny it. It's there. All right. So what else? What else we got going on here? Now I'm going to the questions that you guys have asked, and I'm going back, back, back. Oh, shoot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is my wife. You see her? Giedra 797. That's my lovely. And she's always messing with me. She says that my arms are very small and that they're smaller than when we met. And that is because I weigh about 10 pounds, minimum 10 pounds, as much as 17 pounds less now than when she met me. I was a little tubby fat guy, you know, at 230. Now I'm 220. I'm getting a little heavier. I wore some shorts yesterday that fed a little tighter than I'm used to. So I got to get back on that bike, you know, five rides, a, five rides a week. Anywho, she says, any advice for big arms? She's a girl. She doesn't need big arms. And she says that my arms are getting small. So I want you guys to tell them, do you think these are small arms? Okay. Do you think that these are small arms? Come on, guys. You know, I mean, I'm not, you know, Mr. Bodybuilding and shit, but I don't think I have small arms. So please advise my wife to leave me alone on my arms. <laughs> love you, baby. And I love all these, all you guys that are tuning in. We have a lot of fun. We help a lot of people. I love personal training. And I love my, my, my training uh, audience, man. Super cool. Super cool. Let's see. I don't see any more. All right. Hey, we got another five minutes. Uh, the Anibal Cruz, do you think mobilization drills are being overused? I think everything is being overused. Okay? I think everything is being overused. For example, I think cupping. I think cupping is bullshit. Okay, look, I've, I've read the research. They even talk about that. that there, there may be even possibly an immunological enhancement with cupping. I've heard cupping separates the fascia from the muscle. Well, if it did that, you're going to cause internal damage big time if you separate the fascia from the muscle. And, and, and I don't believe in cupping. I don't do the cupping. I have my therapist loves cupping. I, don't, I told him, don't cup me. I, I don't get into a fight with octopus or giant squids. I don't do that shit, Okay. I don't believe in the cold plunge either. That's just me. That's just me. It may have some benefits. I just don't think, I, I think it, it may have some benefits if you're, if you're traumatized, okay? Because mostly, mostly, yes, there's neurotransmitter shit. There's hormonal shit. There's things that go on, enzymatic shit that, that happens because of the cold plunge. But here's my deal. Why are you doing it? Recovery. Why are you doing it? Recovery. Well, okay, great. Recovery from what? 
recovery from abusive training. Well, can we modify the training and make it more effective without making it abusive? Has anybody ever shit looked at that? No, because we're stupid. Okay, we want to do steroids, we want to do cold plunging, we want to do cupping, we always want to do more shit. Oh, and a new way to stretch, so you can so you can abuse your body even more. How about how about as a trend, we lower the training volume, we lower the stupid shit that's going on in MMA schools all over the places. All right, abuse, broken orbital bones, broken noses, broken hands, broken hair, cuts there. You're stupid. You should do that in the fight. You, that only happens when you get paid. Everything else is technique and tactical. And the thing that you, you think that you have to fight hard in order to know how to fight hard, bullshit. If that's, if that's the fighter you are, I'm telling you right now, get out. Get out because you're going to get killed. Okay? Fighters know how to fight. Fighters know how to fight. Fighters have an instinct to fight. And all you need to do is get the technique right, because you can't even practice what you do in the ring. Can you practice elbows to the face in sparring? No. Can you practice hard, hard hammers? No. Can you practice devastating kicks below the knees? No. Can you practice tips to the knees? Okay? No. So you can't practice a lot of the shit. Okay? Elbows inside the clinch. Can you practice that in sparring? No. Not at the intensity that you're going to use them. So you already can't practice the abuse. Okay? So, so what do we do? A little bit of abuse? No, no, that's not the that's not the thing. Okay. So, anyways, let's stop abusing the bodies, guys. Let's think of a better way. We're smart people, man. Let's think of a way to strength train with movements so they can practice hard shit and not hurt anybody. Okay. Uh, Spanish right now. Mono español cuando cuando ha ahora. All right. So, I love you, love you, baby, love you all. Happy fourth. I'll see you next Monday. Okay. Thank you for your support.